0: and greatly to be praised, amen. And uh, he said, bless the Lord, O my soul, amen, and all that's within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, amen. David went on to write, he said, O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together, amen. When David uh, was bringing the ark back and you know his wife got angry at him for the way that he worshipped, David knew and understood There was somebody bigger than he was. Amen. And uh, I'm glad there's somebody bigger than my problems. Bigger than the obstacles in my life. Amen. Amen. Bigger than anything I'll ever face. Amen. We've got a great big God. And uh, we never praise him enough. Amen. But one day, we're going to get to praise him like he's truly worthy. Amen. And uh, have a body like him. And uh, be just like Him. Amen. Be in His presence and we're joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Amen. I'd like to take your Bible this morning to Luke chapter number 23. Familiar passage of Scripture. We know this is uh, the place uh, where the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary. And uh, in these days and these hours that we'll read about, um, He is making His way to the cross. But I want to look at Jesus' encounter uh, with an individual by the name of Herod this morning in Luke chapter number 23. And if you will and able, let's stand together as we find our place there. We'll read verses 1 uh, through 12 this morning in Luke chapter number 23. Luke 23 and uh, verses 1 through 10. I appreciate the opportunity to preach this morning, uh, but I'm like much of you. Not that I don't want to preach, but I like hearing my, my pastor preach. Amen. And uh, certainly praying for Brother Gravely, and uh, we don't take this opportunity lightly. And uh, several other men in here that I myself would like to hear preach, but um, this is what the Lord has for us this morning. And so we want to do our best to give you something from the Word of God and uh, be a help to you this morning. Amen. Luke 23 and verse number 1, the Bible says, And the whole multitude of them arose and led him unto Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ a king. And Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, Thou sayest it. And then said Pilate to the chief priest and to the people, I find no fault in this man. And they, and they were the more fierce, saying, He stirreth up the people, teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning from Galilee to this place." And when Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked whether the man were a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged unto Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was at Jerusalem at that time. And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad, for he was desirous to see Him of a long season, because he had heard many things of Him. And he hoped to have seen some miracle done by Him. Then he questioned with him in many words, but he answered him nothing. That's our text verse this morning. He answered him nothing. And the chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him. And Herod with his men of war set him at naught and mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him again to Pilate. You can be seated this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have Uh, God, to stand before Your people with Your Word. And I pray, God, that You'd anoint us and help us. I pray, Lord, that You'd give us holy unction this morning. God, to say everything that You'd have us to say. And Father, we do ask You, Lord, to withhold us to say uh, anything, Lord, that would bring a reproach upon You or would be uh, unnecessary this morning. And Lord, I pray that there's one here lost among us. I pray that they would see Jesus Christ high and lifted up. I pray, Lord, that You would draw them... God, to the foot of the cross, and God, bring them to an empty tomb. Lord, let them see that the Lord Jesus Christ is alive forevermore, seated at your right hand, and that he is both Christ and Lord this morning. And I pray, God, that you'd meet with us. We pray that you'd touch with the gravelly Lord, the pentagrasses, God, all of the needs, Lord, represented here within the church. God, I'm thankful that we can pray for one another, glad that we can bring our burdens to you, Lord, cast them at your feet. Lord, you declare to us in your word that you care for us. God, we love you, and we thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for being a good God. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us, Lord, how you've blessed us abundantly. And we ask you, God, that you touch us once again. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We come to Luke chapter number 23 this morning. And as we said, uh, we are moving up to the cross of Calvary. We are at the beginning here Uh, of this illegal trial uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ has and it's actually one of several Um, If you make your way through the Scripture and you count them, I think there were seven illegal trials or or illegal actions uh, that took place in condemning the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm glad this morning that He was willing to go. Amen. Uh, Even though they reviled Him and even though they mocked Him and even though they despised Him, thank God the Old Testament says that He gave His back to the smiters. Amen. He declared in Psalm chapter number 22 that He was a worm. Amen. And thank God He became a worm and he was crushed under the weight of sin and under the weight of the judgment of God for you and I. And we find him here in Luke chapter number 23 before a man by the name of Herod. He's before Pilate, the governor. And then of course Pilate hears that he is on uh, under Herod's jurisdiction and it's like uh, they're kind of playing hot potato. They don't, they don't want to deal uh, with this man. They don't really know that much about him. And uh, the Jews hate him and the Jews want him condemned. Uh, but Pilate of course finds no fault within him and then he sends him to Herod. And, and Herod doesn't even really want to ask him anything uh, judicially. Uh, Herod is interested uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ to some measure and we'll talk about that here in just a few moments, but I want to look by way of introduction at this man by the name of Herod. Uh, this morning that the Herods were a family that are notorious and known throughout the Word of God for resisting God for working against God of course we have the Herod before us and then uh, we had Herod the first this is Herod the great that is uh, before us in the text and then we had uh, Herod Antipas in the days of Acts and all of them uh, uh, died by the hand of the Lord I believe amen they died under the judgment of God uh, because of their treatment of God's seed, and because of their treatment of the Lord Jesus Christ, and because of their treatment of the church. But the Herod that we have before us here in the Word of God, I want you to notice number one and consider this with me, I want you to think about Herod's character. Herod's character, he was a vile man, he was a wicked man. Even his pagan contemporaries verified the kind of man uh, that he was. They described him as cruel, as scheming, as vacillating and utterly evil. Amen. You, uh, you wouldn't put it past this man uh, concerning the way that he treated the Lord Jesus Christ. And then secondly, I want you to consider this, not only his character, but then think about his curiosity, Think about his curiosity not only concerning the Lord Jesus Christ but also John the Baptist. In Mark chapter number 6 and verse number 20, the Bible tells us that Herod heard John the Baptist gladly. It's apparently clear to us this morning uh, that Herod at least respected John the Baptist and his ministry. Uh, Maybe if he never believed, he at least uh, expected John the Baptist as a person. He was kind of enamored by his ministry. He was enamored uh, by the stand that he took that day. Uh, But now the ministry has shifted from John the Baptist Baptist now uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and John did no miracle, the Bible uh, teaches us, but the Lord Jesus Christ went about doing good. His reputation is at its peak, uh, uh, he has built uh, uh, this fame. And certainly that wasn't his intention. Uh, But Herod is enamored by who the Lord Jesus Christ is. And so he is curious concerning his person. You know, I think there's a lot of people in this world. They've not sold out to God, lock, stock and barrel. They've not put their faith and their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. But there are several people in this world who are at least interested in the Lord Jesus Christ. If nothing more than just a historical figure. We think about uh, certain celebrities and people... Uh, that we've known down through the years and in and, and the media and, and, and in uh, society M- much uh, we can think about Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali of course was a professing Muslim uh, but he was someone who was interested uh, in the character at least or historically uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ but you've got to be more than just interested this morning amen you've got to be invested in the Lord Jesus Christ. He can't just be their God and the world's God and the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, he's got to become your Savior this morning and you must own him and appropriate him by faith this morning. We see uh, Herod's character and then Herod's curiosity. But then I think about Herod's conviction. Herod was interested in who John was. He had respect for the preacher. Until the preacher stepped on his toes. Amen. Until the preacher began to preach against his sin of adultery. As long as he was saying, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. He was all right. But then he started getting specific about his sin. It was then he had the problem. Amen. Uh, He heard of Jesus' fame after the death of John the Baptist. And he said this concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, This is John the Baptist. he is risen from the dead. Isn't it interesting this morning that Herod was of the line of the Sadducees and the Sadducees didn't even believe in the resurrection. Amen. But when it came to the Lord Jesus Christ and it came to the ministry of John Herod saw something in both of them that was real that he'd never seen before. I'm glad thank God when the scribes and the Pharisees came to the Lord Jesus Christ they said never a man spake like this. He's one that speaks with authority and not as the scribes I'm glad nobody ever preached like he preached nobody ever lived like he lived nobody ever died like he died nobody ever got up like he got up but because he did thank God there's going to be a mass resurrection one day and I'll have part in it because of what he's done this morning amen but Herod was under conviction because of the preaching of John the Baptist And when it comes to Herod, boy, Jesus will make you believe what you say you don't believe. Amen. How many people have been professing atheists? How many people have said that they could take it or leave it concerning the church? But I'm glad all-time conviction got a hold of them one day, drew them to the foot of the cross, and thank God through the conviction of the Spirit and through the Word of God preached in the Holy Ghost by a man of God, they became a believer. Amen. Amen. But sadly, we don't find that testimony concerning Herod. We see Herod's character, Herod's curiosity, Herod's conviction. But then, I want you to notice Herod's condemnation. Here Jesus is before Herod. and He's standing there. Herod is entertained by the Lord Jesus Christ. He begins to question him, probably ribbing him to perform some miracle for him. But Jesus condemns Herod with his silence. Verse number 9 tells us that he questioned with him in many words, but he answered him nothing. We find in Luke chapter number 9 and verse number 9 that Jesus avoided Herod. Herod desires to see Jesus, and Jesus no doubt knows this, but he passes on into Galilee, completely bypassing Herod. We find in Luke chapter number 13 that he rebuked him. The Pharisees report that Herod will kill Jesus if he does not leave town. And here is how Jesus responds. He said unto them, Go ye and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out devils and do cures today, and tomorrow and the third day I shall be perfected. Luke chapter number 23 and verse number 9, the text, is, the text before us, He refuses to speak to Him. Now, it's made clear to us in the Word of God that God desires to speak. I'm glad that as uh, Mo, or excuse me, Adam was there in the garden, thank God God uh, was able to walk with Adam, and the voice of God was with Adam there in the cool of the day. He walked in fellowship with His creation. Uh, think about Abram as he was there and God showed up in Ur of the counties and spoke to Abram was there minding his own business but God showed up to where he was amen thank God whenever there was 400 years of silence between Malachi and and, and the gospels thank God it was John the Baptist who stepped out and he began to prepare the way and then he saw Jesus there on the Jordan he said behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world and Jesus began Again, his ministry. Why? Because God desires to speak to this sinful world. And I'm glad that as Jeremiah proclaimed, he said, is there any word from the Lord? I'm glad God has something to say this morning. If you'll come with a ready heart and a willing ear, an open mind, God desires to speak to you today. God speaks to us through the Spirit. Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. One of the great confirmations of salvation that you and I have is the presence of the Spirit of God. By the way, the Bible says many men have not the Spirit of God. He is none of His this morning. He speaks to us through the Spirit. He speaks to us through the Scriptures. 2 Peter chapter number 1 and verses number 19 tells us that we also have a more sure word of prophecy. Jesus speaks to us through the servant. 2 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse number 14, Paul expresses to Timothy that he is to preach the Word. Thank God for God's men who will take the Bible and preach it as it is to men and women as they are so God can speak to us and work in our heart and our life. And so it make, God makes it clear in His Word that He desires to speak to us. But it's interesting this morning. That when it comes to Herod, Jesus had absolutely nothing to say. I want to preach on this thought for just a few moments this morning on the silence of the Savior. What do we do when God is silent in our life? How are we to react to that? Uh, boy, we get in the place where God is not speaking. That is a very di- dark and dismal place to be in. There's nothing more that, that we would want to hear is the voice of God as we attempt to fellowship with Him by reading the Word as we, we pray and seek His faith. But when heaven is shut up and God is not speaking, how, do, how are we to react to that this morning? Boy, that's a dangerous place to be in. And That's where we found Herod this morning. I want you to see that Herod had very little regard for the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in verse number 11 that Herod and his men of war set him at naught. Notice number one with me, Jesus and His presence. God is not speaking though God in the flesh is standing there face to face with a man named Herod. Can I say this this morning, that it is possible for Jesus to be present and for Jesus to have nothing to say to you. I'm reminded of a story that Brother Dana Williams told at Jubilee. And uh, this would be a hard dilemma to be in. This would be a hard place of obedience to find ourselves in. But he went uh, to the meeting as he always did. And he was there on Sunday morning. And it was as God clearly spoke to his heart. And he said, I want you to tell them that I have nothing to say to them. Now, they've brought you in. They've put you up in a motel. They're probably going to write you a check and take care of your men. And you're going to get up and look them eyeball to eyeball and tell them that God has nothing to say. Well, I don't want to be in that place. But it's interesting this morning. That we find this very principle here in the Word of God. And we think about it for a few moments. Why did Jesus standing there in the presence of Herod have nothing to say? It could be Jesus was grieved. Jesus was quenched. Amen. Jesus had nothing to say because He knew Herod's heart was hard this morning. Boy, we're living in a day where it's sad to say people are not ignorant of the Gospel. I understand. I understand. I understand the world we live in. You could go down here to Rossville Trailer Park. You could go across the river to Chattanooga. And you could find somebody somewhere who's never heard the name Jesus. They've never heard the gospel. And you could give them the gospel. And it would probably be the first time they'd ever received it. But just the day and hour we're living in, for the majority of people, they're not ignorant of the gospel. They're hardened to it. Sinner, you may be here this morning and you've never been saved and you've come to the house of God over and over and over and over again and you've heard the gospel until you're blue in the face but you've not responded to it this morning. And the problem is is you're not ignorant to the fact that God loves you. You're not ignorant to the fact that Christ died for you. You're not ignorant to the fact that there is a man, a God-man that is seated at the right hand of God who is pleading with you and wants to see you saved. You're not ignorant to that this morning. You're hardened to it sinners are often hardened because the church has become hardened what new word does the preacher have for me today how how can i be entertained how, how, what can I hear that I've I've never heard before because the same old same old you know that's just old hat, and that's just not going to do anymore and people are looking for a new revelation and they're looking for a new word but listen I don't have anything new this morning thank God we've got the age old message and it's our job to preach it over and over again and again and I like the same old songs and I like the same old book and I like hearing the same old messages hallelujah because they start us up by way of remembrance uh, and we're reminded of who we are in Christ Amen we, We've not mastered this 66 books that God has given us Why do we think we need something new and we haven't mastered what God gave us, Amen It's an inexhaustible book this morning, Amen but we've gotten to the place where we're just used to. Boy, you think about those foreign countries where those people walk for miles. They don't even have any shoes. They don't have a vehicle. And they walk for miles and they come to stay. They don't come to get out. They come to stay. And, and they don't even have a Bible. And they want to hear the Word of God. And we've seen those videos and those pictures of those people who receive the Word of God and they just kiss it and they hold it to their chest and they love it and they adore it. And we've got five and six and seven and eight and nine and ten Bibles in our house and we've not even read one of them all the way through we're hardened to the things of God how do we get right with God by real confession of sin by clearing out that pathway as the songwriter said nothing between the Savior and me what is it this morning that's got the way of fellowship with God blocked off for you So you'll come here and and boy, it'll get on. And people will testify and they'll get a blessing and you can't get anything because you're mad at somebody or you're upset at somebody or you've got some problem that you can't get around in your life and you've become bitter and you've become hardened to the things of God this morning. All the while, the presence of God is there but Jesus has nothing to say to you this morning. We see Jesus and His presence. But then notice this, Herod concerning Jesus and His performance. Look at verse number 8. When Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad, for he was desirous to see Him of a long season, because he had heard many things of Him, and he hoped to have seen some miracle done by Him. Here Herod is. He wanted Jesus to perform a little bit. He wanted Jesus to do Him a little trick. He wanted Jesus to give him a little blessing, you know. you know. Understand, Jesus is not here to entertain you. The church is not here to entertain you. The preacher this morning is not a comedian nothing wrong with telling jokes nothing wrong I like to have a good time those of you that know me I, I maybe like to have a good time too much sometimes but boy when we get in this pulpit and we get behind this sacred desk it's serious business amen this is a high calling from God and souls are hanging in the balance amen we didn't come to see what so and so had on or so and so's new outfit or come to hear the latest dish or the latest gossip or to see what's going on in the church I hope this morning that you came to hear from God it's not a performance this morning worship is not a spectator sport I understand you can get a blessing from other people worshiping, well God will move from heart to heart and move from breast to breast but when's it going to be your turn to get in on it amen many people sad to say they're in it for what they can get out of it we don't come to church just to be blessed we come to church this morning to bless the Lord. Amen. Getting a blessing from being here is just a byproduct. Well, how many times in my life have I prayed, God, I just need something this morning. I just need something this morning. Never thinking about my brother and my sister in Christ. What do they need? How can I bless them? How can I help them? How can I be a blessing? That's why you ought to not quench the Lord when He wants you to testify. Amen. Don't get up and talk about Walmart or anything like that. Get up and talk about the Lord. Say, well, I don't have any verses memorized. Get up and read it. Just read it. Just be a blessing. God helps you in your Bible reading. Be a blessing to somebody else. It's not about a performance this morning. We see Jesus in His presence. Jesus in His performance. Then... Notice Jesus in his place, verse number 11. The Bible says again, and Herod with his men of war set him at naught and mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him again to Pilate. We see Jesus in his presence, Jesus in his performance, but then Jesus in his place. We know everything that we need to know about the way that Herod felt about the Lord Jesus Christ because of verse number 11. Herod with his men of war set him at naught. They put a robe on him. They began to mock him. They began to make make fun of him. Christ was set at naught. Set at naught means to place little value upon this morning. And understand, you can be faithful to church and you can do all the things that you feel like you're supposed to do and you can come and you can be in your place and Christ not be in His place this morning. You say, what do you mean by that? Does Jesus Christ have the preeminence in your heart and your life this morning? Amen. Does Jesus sit upon the throne room of your heart? This place this morning is to be about the Lord Jesus Christ. We're to make much of Him. We're to exalt Him and to lift Him up this morning. And if this place becomes about anything else other than Christ, we've missed the mark this morning. You ever heard of the terminology? Well, they're, they're a singing church. Amen. Or you know that that that's a choir church, that's a that that's a singing church, or or that's an evangelistic church, or or really that's that's a word only church. And, and the question is this morning is why can't we be all of those things? Why can't we be a Jesus church, Amen? That gives the gospel. Why can't we be a Jesus church that exalts Him and lifts Him up? Why can't be we be a Jesus church that exalts Him through the Word and finds the unsearchable riches of Christ in the Word of God? I'm glad we've got that this. Morning. Amen. Don't we have a good church? Man, we have a great church. Amen. I mean, you may be partial to somewhere else, but I'm partial to here. Amen. But we ought to put Christ in his place. Notice lastly, Jesus and his preacher. Jesus had nothing to say to Herod because I believe with all of my heart the way he treated his preacher. So what do you mean? I'm talking about John the Baptist. He killed him because of because of, cause of a one. Listen to me, young men, women. to make you do stupid things. So you ought to find the right one. Appreciate the one God gave me. But marriage is hard, even with the right. Amen. Use the so spiritual out there. Amen. You and your perfect marriage. Amen. All the real people come back to reality with me this morning. But Jesus had nothing to say because of the way he pre- pre- treated Jesus' preacher. He killed him, he slew him. He said, Well, I'd never cut the preacher's head off. Oh, but you'd have him for lunch, wouldn't you? You'd flay him up one side and down the other with that long tongue of yours, wouldn't you? I'd be scared to death to lay my tongue on an anointed man of God. By the way, there's a difference between preachers and men of God. I hope you know that this morning. But I'd be scared to death to lay my tongue on the man of God. You say, you're just saying that because he's your father-in-law. I believed that before I married his daughter. Amen. Amen, y'all help me out this morning. We don't like talking about the preacher, right? Amen. They'll lay their tongue upon God's messenger, and preachers are the worst. But we'll cut each other down. Man, that's foolishness this morning. No wonder that we're in the shape we're in. No wonder our young people, boy, they'll hear us. They'll hear us talk about the man of God, and then they turn eighteen and they turn t- turn, turn tail and run to the world and we wonder why they do that. Because you spend all the time all the time the people that they're supposed to be looking up to, you ran them down. Amen. No wonder God has nothing to say. Think about the Lord Jesus Christ and who He was. Not, Not just to us this morning but who He was even to Herod a wicked sinner who stood before him. And if Herod would have come with a change of heart and a difference of opinion about the Lord Jesus Christ, maybe he could have heard something. Maybe this would have played out a little bit differently this morning. When we think about the Lord Jesus Christ, He is the lawgiver this morning. Amen. And it's plain to see that Herod had absolutely no concern for the law with his adultery and with his sin and with his wicked lifestyle. He had no concern for the law. But Jesus Christ is a lawgiver this morning. Jesus Christ was king. Listen, Herod wanted to be king. He was some mock king, amen. He was an a, 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 uh, ancestor of the Edomites, amen. Herod had no concern for his authority, Jesus was the Savior, and Herod had no concern for salvation this morning. Amen. And when we look at the law of God, and we find ourselves condemned, we see that lawgiver who took on our sin, who who, who God became a man, and all of heaven's authority and all of heaven's splendor. He came to this old world, died as a criminal died as a man who bore the curse of sin. All the dregs of the judgment of God were poured out upon him. And he died for you and as you this morning. You believe this this morning. Jesus loved Herod. He loved Pilate. But all Herod wanted was some miracle. All Herod wanted was to be entertained. All Pilate wanted to do was wash his hands of the Lord Jesus Christ and be done with Him this morning. But it's got to be more than a performance this morning. It's got to be more than, than just entertainment this morning. Is Jesus real to you? Say, I'm alright this morning. Listen to me this morning. Stay home with the song. Don't harden your heart. You're lost here this morning. If, if, if baptism could save you, don't you think that'll work by now? If church membership could save you, don't you think that'll work by now? If giving, giving Him the plate gave peace to the heart of the don't you think that'll work by now? Listen to me this morning. Jesus stood eyeball to eyeball with a man named Nicodemus. He wore the Word of God in his clothes. He knew the Old Testament by heart. He, he's in way better shape than you're in. And Jesus looked him eyeball to eyeball and he said, You must be born again. If baptism can save you, if the Lord's Supper could save you, if giving in the plate or trying to be a good person could save you, then Jesus Christ would have never had to come and die on the cross for your sins. But that won't get it done this morning, amen? Don't make the mistake that Herod made, don't harden your heart. Because listen to me, the Spirit of God will not always strive with man. God may be speaking to you now, and you've put it off, and you've put it off, and you've put it off. Don't make that mistake again. God's not bound to ever have to speak to you again. You've been born again. You've been saved this morning. Maybe you're here, Christian. Say, so I hadn't heard from the Lord in a long time. I promise you the fault is not with Christ this morning. Don't harden your heart. Come clean with God this morning. Real confession of sin. Just get honest with God. Get honest with yourself. And let God work in your heart this morning as we stand.